Welcome to Dark Concepts, a supernatural horror podcast written and read by me, Brian J. Cummings. This is episode two of season two. Just a quick reminder before we get started, I'm still going to be doing a reading at this year's SpellCon, though I will be doing it remotely. Um, Anyone in the Long Island area interested in attending this year, see the link in my show notes below. And with that, on with the show. Tales of wizard duels have been passed down for ages, and for Owen, that's all they've ever been, just tales. So when he finds himself mysteriously kidnapped and locked in a resurrection battle to the death, he of all present finds it shocking that he may actually stand a chance. The Death Waker Part 1 Owen stood before the woman lying on the quilt, thrown haphazardly over top a pile of pallets. The woman, of course, was dead, and had been so for at least a day, as far as Owen could tell. No, Owen didn't kill her, but he was being asked to do something nearly as impossible, at least for him. He couldn't accidentally splatter a bug on his windshield without feeling some sort of misgiving. The others gathered around in a tight circle, awaiting his spectacular performance, because there was no other choice in the matter. Perform, or be performed on. This challenge was to the death, and to bring the corpse back to life was something he had only done once before, which was the good news. The bad news was that he was only six at the time, and it was his cat that he had brought back after being hit by a car, not a human being. He held the mewling thing in his hands, and somehow, the cat was granted another life, living on another twelve years. One hell of a feat, as the cat, Umbra, had been ten when she was hit by the car. He wiped the sweat from his brow, the musty smell of the organic decay mixing in with that of the mustiness of the old decaying barn he had found himself in when he had come to only hours earlier, pervaded his nostrils. He looked at the woman's slack face, wondering who she had been, the job she had once had, her family, her friends, her name. He supposed most death wakers didn't ask these kinds of questions because they were occupied with the one thing and one thing only raising corpses to do their bidding. Before his kidnapping, Owen only had a rudimentary knowledge of the occult. He had wrongfully called what he was attempting to do necromancy, and the kind folks surrounding him holding swords and knives enlightened him to the understanding that necromancy was, in itself, a method of merely speaking to the dead, like the use of seances and crystal balls. The raising of a physical corpse, however, was a completely different ballgame. How was he supposed to know that? They didn't exactly teach you that shit in public school. Owen raised his eyes at the man standing at the other pile of pallets across from him. The pallet was also bearing the weight of yet another dead body, that of a hawking older man. The man standing over the corpse was taller than Owen. His exposed arms were like tree trunks and covered with tattoos. His head was shaved and he had a goatee streaked with gray. The guy who called himself Julian Gray, was claiming to be his cousin. Despite the gray in his beard, he was also claiming to be the same age as he, though Owen thought the guy looked significantly older than 23. Raising the dead could really take a toll on you, Owen supposed. You know that being possession of corpses like this is pretty damn illegal, right? Uh, Not to mention the whole kidnapping thing, Owen said, and the group surrounding him laughed. The Owen could tell they weren't being very kind about it. 
One of the guys actually spat at his feet and called him something in a tongue that Owen couldn't place. Nearly all of them were drunk, all except Julian, whose gray eyes were piercing through the last bit of nerve Owen had left. All right, shut the hell up, you guys, he spat, and his lackeys fell silent immediately. Obviously, Julian didn't take any shit. I know you have questions, he said, crossing his arms. You get three before we begin. Um, so why am I here again? Julian's furrowed brow eased a bit. He even managed a small grin, though his face really didn't wear it well. You're here because I wanted you here. Question number two. Really? That's not even a... Yes, really. Question number three. Oh, what the hell, man? All right. Glad that's over with. Let's begin. He said, clapping his hands together. When he did so, the candles lighting the area flickered and an ominous feeling began to seep into the room. Owen glanced around uneasily. He had never felt anything like this before. It was as though someone had opened a door and held it open as a winter chill began to descend upon the area. Owen found it hard to breathe as he watched Julian hold his hands out over the corpse. The silence that fell over the room was tangible. Owen found himself shivering, wishing that he could just send the feeling away. It was awful, maddening. Then the corpse below Julian's outstretched hands twitched. The candles flickered once more as the body seemed to relax, before going into a bout of convulsions. A horrible gurgling sound began emanating from the body as a mouth opened wide. Owen had heard of death rattles before, but he had never realized hearing them would make him feel this way. It was so loud, too. His insides felt as though they were dropping off the edge of a cliff. The candles dimmed down to tiny star-like specks as the death rattle stopped. They stayed low, and the only sound that Owen could hear was that of the wood creaking. His heart was now in his throat. Owen noticed two specks of light coming from where Julian was standing. The candlelight returned and Owen staggered backward, nearly falling over one of Julian's transfixed lackeys. The corpse of the man was now standing beside Julian. He wore a triumphant smile as the corpse stared at Owen. He noticed a grain of light coming from the corpse's eyes, much like those from the candles only moments earlier. The man's skin was mottled and sagging. His face still wore the death mask he had on the table, though the mouth was open and a ragged breathing could be heard. Holy shit, Owen muttered as he stared at the moving corpse. Now, you're up, Buttercup. You've done this before. You can't hide that from us. You're a gray, after all. Gray? Owen said, wrinkling his nose. My last name's Laurie. Julian shook his head and smiled. You know those peasants of yours aren't your real parents? Yes, but even I don't know who my real dad was, so how the hell would you know? Oh, I have my ways. Now get to work, or we will, he said, grinning. For the first time, a bolt of panic jumped up Owen's spine. His heart began to race, thumping relentlessly in his chest as he glanced down at the very dead girl laying below him. She had to be nearly the same age as he, maybe younger. He watched her face as the candlelight flickered against it. She would have been pretty in life. He took a deep breath, the pungent odor of decay nearly choking him as he did so, and closed his eyes. He tried to hold his hands out over the corpse, and the group surrounding him started to laugh. 
The strange thickness in the air was gone now, the silence with it. It felt like a century, but he held his hands out over the corpse, hoping that something would happen. He tried to bring his breathing to a calm and steady rhythm. It didn't seem to be working. Nothing was working. These drunk assholes were going to kill him. Maybe he would become like that dead guy standing over there. What a horrible idea. He tried to steady his breathing again. And when he did so, this time something flickered to life inside his mind. He saw her. The corpse girl, but she was alive. He saw her walking down a sidewalk of a familiar city. She was with friends, laughing. She had an infectious laugh. It had a way of filling the room. She had a black cat It looked just like Umbra. Her name was Willow. She enjoyed sunshine, but she really loved the rain. She didn't like horror movies, but oddly enough, one of her favorite movies was The Terminator. Her favorite color was indigo. She was scared, hiding in a corner of a dark room. The clothes she had been wearing on the city street were now in tatters. The room smelled like sweat and blood. She glanced up at Owen, and when she saw him, she cowered further into the corner and began to scream. Owen saw flashes of someone. The man was tall, menacing. He had a bald head and tattoos. The goatee was streaks of gray. Julian was smiling as he... I'm not here to hurt you, Owen said, his voice cracking. I'm here to... to... He thought for a moment. He saw the images flash before his eyes. He saw how the girl died, felt her death radiate within his bones. I'm here to bring you back to life. She stopped cowering, and her eyes met his own. What? She said, disbelief etched on her face. I'm here to bring you back to life. Her eyes left his for a moment. Then realization fell over her as her face crumpled, and she pressed it into her knees. She began to sob. Obviously, she didn't know she was dead. Way to go, Owen, he thought as he stood there, trying to think of something to say. What the hell do you say to someone who had died, who was brutally murdered? Owen held out his hand and said the only thing that came to mind. Come with me if you want to live. She looked up and through the tears... He couldn't help but notice a smile. He felt like an idiot, but apparently it worked. Her face became hardened and she took his hand. There was an explosion of light as he was thrust from the small dark room back into where he was standing before Willow's corpse. He staggered backwards as the candles, instead of going out, erupted into towering flames. Some of the tall flames licked the wooden trusses above. A dizzying sensation came over him as a ringing began to ping his ears. There were shouts as the flames grew higher and higher, and Owen was dimly aware of the trusses catching fire. There was a loud pop and Owen fell forward, landing hard on his hands and knees, just barely keeping himself from falling flat on his face. His knees hurt like a bastard, but he picked himself up. As he did so, time seemed to stop. Sitting on the pallet wasn't a corpse, but a young girl. Willow was sitting up now, her hand to her eyes. Owen didn't think as the world began to come into sharp focus. He realized this place was going to go up in flames and go up with him inside if he didn't get her out of here. He reached out and picked her up and took off running towards the old barn doors.
Shit, he cursed when he reached them, realizing they were still locked. Julian had made it a point to lock them all inside to prevent him from trying to run off if things went awry. Things were going awry, all right. You okay to stand? He asked. He noticed she was shaking. Willa's eyes met his. She was cold, but he noticed some warmth had returned to her skin. She wasn't a returned dead. She was alive. Willow nodded, and Owen let her down. Get back here! A voice called out. Julian was coming up from behind them. Her soul's bound to me. You can't take her out of here. Owen said nothing. He was thinking, at least trying to. It was getting smoky and hard to breathe. His eyes darted around the door, trying to find another way out. That's when he saw the boarded up window to his left, and a nail embedded two by four to his right. Hey, motherfucker, I'm talking to you. Owen didn't think. He just reacted. Once the footsteps got close enough, he juked to the side, grabbed the board, and with one swift movement, brought the board around, swinging it towards Julian's head. Owen felt the board hit something with a sickening crack that sent a violent jolt up his arm. It reminded him of playing baseball in high school. Only this was no ball he hit. The corpse that Julian had raised took the blow to the head, swerved drunkenly, then lunged back at Owen, just barely missing his throat. Forget the fucking fire! Get them! Julian called out to the others. Owen had a moment to react. He ran over to the window and in a panic, kicked out the side of the piece of plywood covering it. He got Willow to climb out first, and then moved to follow her out, but stopped. The clammy hand of the hulking corpse had clasped tightly to his ankle and was now dragging him back through. Owen fell, and as he did so, felt a stabbing pain in his leg. The window, though boarded up, had jagged, tooth-like pieces of glass remaining in the frame. The window, though boarded up, had jagged pieces of tooth-like glass remaining in the frame, and they plunged themselves deep into his thighs. He cried out as the lumbering dead man dragged him closer. He couldn't help but think as the shards sliced up his thighs into his waist that he would be disemboweled if they made it beyond that point. The kinds of thoughts that nonchalantly go through the mind in a moment of certain peril were astonishing. Then the dragging stopped, and a horrible half-gurgle, half-howling began to emanate from the window. Owen chanced to look and saw that Willow was standing over him. Her hands were held out upon the corpse's hands, but instead of pulling them off, her hands were held out upon the corpse's hands, but instead of pulling them off, her hands were causing the decomposing skin there to erupt in foul-smelling green flames. The abomination let go of Owen, and Willow dropped down to help him up. He writhed as he pulled himself free of the shards of glass, and in a panic burst of adrenaline, the two of them fled into the dark woods surrounding the now-burning barn. Despite the quite literal stabbing pain in his thighs, and the sickening feeling of oozing blood growing cold there in the chill of the night. Owen managed to flee far outside the woods and escape the light of the burning barn. He collapsed against a tree, feeling colder and weaker than he had ever felt in his life. Go on. I think I've done all I can. Willow turned to him. Was it the weakness that he now felt? A strange delirium of one so close to death? Willow's eyes seemed to dance in a strange light in the darkness of the woods. A calming blue glow seemed to flicker from somewhere deep within her eyes. 
It was similar to that of the corpse that had tried to kill him, but in a way, completely the opposite. Let me take a look, she said, dropping down to examine him. He realized with a dull pang of embarrassment that he would have to take his pants off for her to examine the wound properly, but she just closed her eyes and placed her hands gently on his thighs. He gasped as a sharp bite of pain erupted in his legs. A pain that seemed to radiate in pulses throughout his body, crawling steadily up into his chest and arms. He bit down and clenched his fists, but soon realized the pulsing pain had started to ebb away into a dull, steady throb. With each throb, the pain grew more distant, until in a matter of moments, it was completely gone. There, Willis said simply, but swayed on the spot, having to put an arm out to catch herself. What the hell? Owen said, opening his eyes and running his hands over his thighs. Despite the torn parts and the still bloody jeans, the wounds were completely healed over. He looked up to her in astonishment. How did you... He started but realized the question was a moot point. Where the two of them were at this point was uncharted territory. She had been dead only minutes before, and so had that man. Now both were up and walking around, and Owen had just received what should have been a mortal wound. Him being out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere like he was with no hospital for miles. She had healed him with just her hands, just like she had caused that corpse's flesh to catch fire. What did he do? What was she? Looks like we're even now, Owen said with a small laugh, after a moment of silent contemplation. He could tell her mind was working just as hard as his was. Not even close, she managed. Her voice was faint just above a whisper. She leaned against the trunk of a nearby tree. They were both silent for some time. It could have been a couple minutes or a couple hours. All Owen knew was that the two of them were drained and despite the calm of the night air, he couldn't help but shake the feeling that the worst was yet to come. If you ever wanted to start your own podcast, I'll say from personal experience, Buzzsprout is a great way to go about it. I've been with Buzzsprout from the start and am extremely happy with the results. If you're like me and don't know the ins and outs of anything to do with podcasts or what you'll need to start one, they'll have you covered. Buzzsprout has tons of resources to help you get your ideas off the ground. Two of my favorite features are the analytics on my podcast webpage and how seamless it is to place audio players of all my episodes onto my Squarespace website. Following the link in the show notes below lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you and gets you a $20 Amazon gift card and help support the show. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave a positive rating, a review, and subscribe if you want. Um... To explore these concepts further, just or just keep up on what's happening with the podcast or any of my written works, brianjcummings.com is a great way to connect and learn more about what's going on behind the scenes, as well as read the stories in a type format. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, where for the month of October, I'm going to be releasing a two-sentence horror story every day. Next week, I shall return with another story channeled from the darkness of the witching hour. So until then keep a candle nearby because you never know when the lights will go out.
Um, anyone who in the Long Island, the, 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 holy shit, I can't fucking talk. <laughs>